morning, everyone, and welcome to Recipe for Success. Success, easy for me to say. My name is Nancy Giacalone, and my very, very special guest today is Christy Birkeland. Um, for those of you joining us for the very first time, Recipe for Success came about because I love to cook. And I was in the kitchen one weekend working away, and I started thinking about how it was, it became really apparent to me that there was always one key ingredient or technique that was critical to the outcome of whatever I was making. And the more I thought about it, I realized that's really true in life and business as well. So I decided to tie my love of food and with my love of business and my natural curiosity. And so hence we have recipe for success. And I think it's very appropriate for my guest today because she was always critical to helping a lot of people succeed in the benefits industry, which is where I first met her. So without further ado, I am going to allow Christy to introduce herself and give you a little bit of her background and where she's at now. Hi, Nancy. So nice to be seeing you again. Uh, so yes, I'm Christy Berkland, and I'm currently the president CEO of the United Way of Whatcom County. Uh, but my career has spanned all kinds of different positions in different industries, including the insurance industry. I started out as a business development admin at a local insurance company, um, which I have to say is the first place I learned about United Way. So I've kind of come full circle at this point, um, and I have the insurance industry to thank for that introduction. Well, that is very fun. Well, of course, you and I met um, during your time with uh, Q4I, which again, for anyone outside of the industry, was an organization that was really dedicated to helping insurance agencies, benefit agencies, um, grow their brand and to develop a sales process and really do the best possible work. And Christy was a little bit of the marketing guru um, when she was there. She helped a lot of people with their um, the look, their brand, their message. So it was um, really it was a really cool position. And I just she was just somebody I just loved from the minute that I met her. So so happy that we could be here now. But clearly that was a very different industry and focus. So how did you go from that to the United Way? That's a great question. Um, I feel like in some ways my career has been a, just a series of opportunities. And I have this uh, theory or mantra or just way of being that if an opportunity presents itself, you should seriously consider saying yes. So um, this opportunity to work for United Way presented itself and I really love the nonprofit sector. I've been in and out of it throughout my career. And one thing I wanted to mention, Nancy, that you posted recently was um, a story about your son, Nick, and how a client called a woman who had just lost her husband and she'd never yep. needed insurance. How, she had her own benefits before and how he spent an hour on the phone with her. Um, and that is the kind of stuff I realize every business has the power to do good in their own way. Um, but coming back to United Way, I just get to do that on such a big level. There's so many businesses and organizations and nonprofits in this county that I get to work with and try to harness all of our abilities, our collective abilities to do good. And that is just really exciting to me. So that is one of the reasons I came back to the sector. I love it. Um, it's really one of the reasons that I'm in the industry I'm in. People say, well, why are you in it? I'm like, because I get to help people. 
Yeah. I mean, bottom line, because I get to help people and it may not look like it on the outside, but I know that the work that we do impacts people's lives every day, sometimes in ways that we can describe in a story like that, but, but just so broadly. So before we um, move on, I do have to give a couple shout outs because you might not have seen it, but Sharon Tiger said, hi, Christy. Um, Callie Ortega says she helped me and my team. Christy is great, which we all agree. And then uh, Judy Turner, my mother, said, good morning. So anyway, I wanted to <coughs> be sure and share all that. Um, and again, I, I, I hate to have to do this again, second week in a row, to apologize to my audience. But clearly, the cough situation is not completely gone. Working on it, I will try to hit mute before I have a little attack. But sometimes they, they slip past me. So... I think everybody's familiar with United Way, but probably they don't have a thorough understanding of what all you do and all the many different ways that United Way helps communities. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So I do uh, run into that a lot where people are like, oh, United Way, and they have a familiarity with the name and the branding, uh, but not really a deep understanding of what United Ways do. And I want to just preface by saying we are a worldwide organization and nationally there are about 1200 United Ways. We all work regionally within our own areas. Typically it's by county. So United Way of Whatcom County, we just work exclusively in sure. our county. And it's really nice because we have the flexibility to address the specific problems and issues that are affecting us most here. So each county is gonna be doing something slightly different based on what their needs are. Um, but one of the things we do is we act as a community fundraiser. So a lot of the nonprofits that we support through our grant dollars don't have the staff, the capacity, the time, the resources to go out and do a bunch of fundraising themselves. They're too busy in it, in the work, helping people. So for by us being able to go out and raise money on a large scale in the community, we're able to take a little bit of that burden off of the local nonprofits that we support and fund. Um, the second thing we do is offer businesses and individuals an avenue, a way to live out their values by um, engaging in corporate philanthropy. So we work with all kinds of workplaces and we typically do employee giving campaigns within those workplaces. So that's where I mentioned that's where I learned about United Way for the first time is through an employee giving campaign at work. And it's basically a, a fun way to get employees together and management together, everyone on the same page um, behind something good. And we educate people on the issues in our community, how they can get involved and how they can help. And then one of the other aspects that people love about United Way, if they're aware, is uh, our vetting process. So we collect all this money from the community. It goes into a pile, right? And it makes a big difference because everyone's dollars are piling on top of everyone sure. else. And then we grant out some pretty big checks to local nonprofits. But we also, in that process, are vetting the nonprofits. And we're making sure they align with our community values and goals and issues. And they have to apply every year. And we say, OK, what do you need the money for? What problem are you solving? And how are you spending those dollars? And then so people who are giving can feel really good that we're stretching their dollars as far as possible. Well, that makes a lot of sense, because I know that sometimes um it can be really overwhelming. You want to help a certain cause, but you're not really sure what's the quality of the organization. Am I really giving my money someplace that's going to use it? Or is it a is it a scam that just looks good? So it can be a little bit overwhelming. I also like the idea um, with United Way as far as the um, 
see it again, brain fog, um, business phil philanthropic, I can't even talk this morning. Anyway, we know what I'm saying. We have business giving campaigns and, and an opportunity to focus on doing good for our community at a time when there's not a crisis. Because I think a lot of times we only respond in crisis. Oh, I want to help, which we don't want to change that. But there's quiet crises going on all the time that we're not responding to. And I think that that's a, a wonderful opportunity to do really good things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that phrase from you. I like that quiet crisis. It's true. There are so many things that I didn't know about until I got involved with this work. And I've been involved with this work as a long, for a long time as a volunteer and as a donor. Um, and as uh, different seats in the organization that I've filled over the years. Um, but learning about what is going on in our community, what issues people are facing, and then also what solutions are out there. Right. So uplifting. I love that. Okay. So we know you have a talent for marketing and communication. I would have to think that that is actually a pretty big asset in what you're doing now in really getting that messaging out about what United Way does and the ways that it can help to get to get businesses, people excited. How do you tie that all together? Yeah, well, actually, I just stepped into this CE role from the marketing and communications role. So uh, I used to have the office on the other side of the wall. Um, but yeah, imagine that you're going out and asking people to give you money. <laughs> money that you worked really hard for and money that they may or may not you know, have a lot of. And so you have to communicate in a way, A, that inspires people and B, that speaks to different types of people because some people are all about the data. Like show me the issue, who's suffering, show me how many people my dollars are helping and show me exactly how. And so you have to be able to communicate that kind of information. And then there are other people who I'm, I fall in this category who are emotionally driven, like tell me the stories, show me the faces, take me to these agencies and show me what they're doing and how they're helping people every day. So the communication piece is is huge. And it's interesting because United Ways are so different regionally and, and what we focus on. And then also just the nuances of we're not a simple nonprofit program where we can't just go out and say, hey, we're the food bank. We feed people and people are like, I got it. Here's your check. We we're more like, hey, you want to make a big difference in a lot of different ways where your dollar fans out among this whole network of nonprofits supporting our community in a holistic manner. You know, it's it's nuanced. So the communication skills definitely come in handy. I love that. OK, so let's say that you get um, an employer that says, OK, that sounds great. I want to I want to do a United Way giving campaign at my at my um, business. Mm -hmm. Getting the employees engaged is a lot different than getting an employer engaged. So how same thing happens in benefits. So I, I totally understand it. So how do you how do you take that next step? How do you drill down to get the employees engaged as well? Well, we are so lucky. We have um, internal advocates who are our employee campaign coordinators on the inside. So they're volunteers or volatiles, depending. Yeah. Um, but uh, once we meet with them and chat with them and bring them in, show them a little bit of the the magic, uh, a little bit of the Kool-Aid, they are our best advocates. So one of the things that we do is come up with all kinds of tools and information and education that they can share with their teams. So it's usually the upper management will come in first and buy in. And then there's another layer of volunteers that we work with. And then also through before COVID, we, do it, we did a lot of visiting 
of workplaces and presentations. And we would bring those partner agencies along that we fund and have them tell their stories. So it was a lot of in-person education. And since COVID, we've moved a lot of that online. So we have done some of these kinds of meetings. We've also done a lot of video. We've done a lot of assets, different marketing assets and collateral that we can share with people and try to keep them engaged. But um, we have help. We do not do it alone. No one does. We like to think we do sometimes, but it's it's rare. It's a rare um, organization, business, or anything that does it all on your own. Well, can I just add one thing to that too? One of Absolutely. the things that's really nice about United Way because times are tough. Times are divided, and that divide extends politically. It extends at work. You know, maybe management versus workers, mm -hmm. etc. But if we come in with things that we all agree on, like no child should be sleeping outside. No parent should wonder how they're going to feed their family. You know, we come in with things that we're all united on. And so it's kind of a nice break to have something that everyone can agree on, right? Hence, United Way. The name makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Um, so you did bring up the pandemic. And so I do want to actually um, address that. How did the pandemic affect corporate giving, the ability to engage, to keep the the um, support up for the nonprofits during that time. Did you see an impact? Has it come back? Just kind of give me, walk me through that a little bit. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Some giving shot up, um, corporate giving initially when the pandemic hit uh, was very generous. Um, there were a lot of people, this really touched my heart, uh, the stimulus checks would come out and we would get donations in the exact same amount that coincided. So a lot of people who were doing well and felt thankful and lucky were giving their stimulus checks, which was amazing. And uh, another reason I love this job. Um, but giving, so giving went up overall in 2020, but as the pandemic went on and you know, everyone just got worn out, things were, things are still stressful. They are. Um, and especially in workplaces, employee counts are down, people are working remotely, um, people are having a hard time. You know, even if one person still has their job, maybe someone else in the family lost theirs. So initially there was a bump in both giving and in need, like the, the agency sure. that we support were all saying, oh my gosh, the needs have exploded and we have to figure out how to transform our programs so that we can serve people with these new social distancing and other requirements. So the need was huge, the giving was huge, and then the giving tapered off and um, in some cases even went down, but the needs are still there. So it is a really interesting dynamic, but we did, we were able to um, benefit from a large matching opportunity through the Seattle Foundation with their all in Washington work. And so Mr. Jeff Bezos himself wrote us a check last year. Um, yeah, so that was great. That really helped us out. and. I have been surprised actually this year has been pretty steady considering because I know what families are going through and what people are struggling with, um, but we've been doing pretty well. So we're, we're just now in the process where we've made those grant decisions about how much um, support we get to give our local nonprofits. And we were able to write some big checks again this year. So I'm really excited about that. That's very cool. Well, you and I are both in the state of Washington, although I think we're separated by three counties. Um, anyway, she's further north than I am. And so this question I'll ask you, and you can answer it specific to your county, because I think it's it's not going to be that dissimilar um, across counties or even nationally. But what do you see? Trying not to cough. What do you see as the top three 
pressing issues in our community right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm curious to know if everyone's seeing this, but I'm guessing, like you said, it's probably across the board. One of the things we've seen a huge increase in need is basic needs. So food, clothing, shelter, just the basics, like people don't even have shoes. You know, I mean, it's the programs that we support across the board. So for example, we support a program that helps first generation students uh, apply for college and post uh, high school education and programs and, and helps them get that in that career mindset and just at-risk students in general, which is a fantastic program. We love it. They are having to also provide these students with basic needs. Um, we support a mental youth mental health program. They are also finding that people are coming to them with just these basic needs requests. So basic needs has gone through the roof. Um, I mentioned youth mental health. That's another area that's been huge. Mental health for everyone. The pandemic has been hard on everyone, but youth specifically, um, youth mental health is a really big issue right now. And I'm really excited because one of the things we were able to do last year um, is give a grant to Compass Health, which is a local organization um, that helps with obviously all kinds of mental health services, but they were trying to launch a youth mental health program remotely so that they could reach more kids during right, the right. And they hadn't done this before and we were able to give them a grant and they bought the technology and they figured out how to get in almost every school district. And they're currently working with over 400 kids um, and improving their- You're giving lives. me goosebumps. I That's know. so cool. I am, you know, the stories we hear from these agencies about what they're able to do with not that, you know, not a huge amount of money, but enough money to get them going on these programs. So that was super exciting. Um, and then the third thing I would say is childcare. Childcare is huge right now. It's not, there aren't enough spots. And when there are, uh, there, it's so expensive. It's higher than most people's rent or mortgage or any other expense. What we know from our data is that the childcare is the largest household expense for families with children in our community. It, it tops anything else. Uh, so childcare is, we're in crisis mode here. We're technically a childcare desert, which means we've got way more kids than we have childcare spots. So that's one of the areas we've been working into. Uh, now that I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's not something I would have thought about because I'm so past that point in my life where it's not, you know, it's not impacting me at the at this particular moment. But I do know that again, even during the pandemic, when so many childcare um, facilities shut down because people were working at home and didn't need the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and it hasn't bounced back. So um, it is crazy, and the cost of it is tremendous. I mean, it is a juggling act for families. Do I work? Do I take, you know, how do I, how do I balance all of this out? So um, it's unfortunate we find ourselves in that situation. And um, I'm glad to see that. And of course, you guys are addressing it. Yeah, I was going to visit a fun, a not so fun fact. We have fun facts and we have not so fun facts. This is a not so fun one. Uh, we have a university in this town, we're a university town, and um, the cost of childcare is greater than the cost of tuition <laughs> in our town. So. so what, because I don't know, what is about the average cost for, to care for one child on, let's say, a 40-hour week? Do you know? Yeah, it's somewhere, well, depending on the type of child sure. care, so there's at-home child care, there's licensed child care, there's, you know, certified right. child care. Um, it's between, I would say, 800 and 1500 depending on the type ah, of yeah, per child. Yikes! Yeah. Yikes! That is a lot of money. Um, okay, so um, we are going to circle back to your days in the employee benefits industry. So 
is there anything you've taken from that time um, into what you're doing now? Oh yeah, so many things. Well, A, I just want to say I met so many, so many wonderful people like you, Nancy, who really care about their work. Um, but one of the things that was really clear to me in my role there uh, was that employees really want to work for employers that care about them as people first and employees second. And they also want their employers to care about the things that they care about. So community issues, larger issues. Um, so that was one of the things I kind of took away from that. Employee benefits is, a, is one way to show that you care about your employees, but also giving back and taking a stand on issues is another way to show that you care about the same things or issues that are important to them. Um, the other thing I take away from that time is just remembering that behind every data point is a person, you know? Yes. So behind every high deductible plan or copay, there's a person who A, is going through something obviously, and B, doesn't know whether or not they can afford to be healthy. And it's the same thing in our work. We have a lot of data about who is struggling financially in our community. And we talk about it a lot, but you have to just always remember those data, those numbers, those are people, those are people who are really struggling. And so um, that's something that I try to remember every day. And it, just, it goes back again to that, that phone call to your office, you know, Nick's helping a client yeah. who is really uh, in a tough spot. So, yeah, um, it's such a good reminder. It goes back to why. So, um, I am working with a couple, well, with three other fabulous female advisors. And um, a lot of the things that you're saying are are foundational to what we're trying to do. And we're trying to create our own health plan ecosystem, however you want to call it, that addresses a lot of these things. Um, because it really is about really why are you doing what you're doing? You're not doing, you might think you're doing it for money or glory or any of those other things, but that is never, that's not only going to take you so far. There is definitely a real reason that you're in whatever role industry that you're in. And so I'm going to take this back um, again then to, um, Callie had made this comment earlier and it aligned, she happens to be one of the people I'm working with, by the way. Um, it aligns with a question I'd asked you and you're like, well, what do you mean by that? And so she said, do you do, do you work with advisors to help employers donate money from health plan savings? The question I asked you was, mm -hmm. as we continue to try and build health plans that create community dividends, mm -hmm. which is a, a foundational term from Health Rosetta, which is another organization that I participate in, how can we as consultants benefit advisors better engage employers and employees um, with nonprofits to achieve those philanthropic initiatives. And, and to go back even a little bit further, what we're saying is we're trying to find, we're trying to bring the cost and the, the cost of healthcare down and improve the access. So if we're creating savings, how can we reinvest that into our community in a meaningful way that makes our, makes our community members healthier, happier, and more productive? And again, it's all a living ecosystem and every part affects one another. So I realized I, the question turned into a giant little soapbox round. So you can. <laughs> I love that. Um, this was a relatively new concept to me. So the answer is no, we are not currently doing that, but I love the whole idea behind it. And 
now it's going to be something on my list <laughs> to think about. Yeah, how that would work. And uh, Callie, if you're working with anyone in particular um, on those types of things. I'd oh, she is. Uh, she great. She's doing some great things with um, youth mental health in the Chicago area. And I, I loved that you brought that up because that's something we see a lot. And it's, again, it's very important to um, our industry, but the my core group that are, are working on how do we address some of these issues. That's one of the things that at our forefront, not only youth mental health, which, I mean, how can we just not talk about that forever? I mean, with school shootings, with parade shootings, with um, family instability, with economic instability, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be a young person right now. Oh, the youth suicide rates are just uh, tragic. There's really no other word. And, and it's just, there's no stability for them. Right. There's no safe space for them right now. Um, you know, and it's, we always say, oh, well, things were not that much different, you know, 20 years ago. Yes, they were. Yeah. They were quite a bit different. And, and uh, I just feel for, I feel for the, the current youth of our society and how can we make things better for them? Because that is going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And it's going to affect every decision they make. It's going to, it's going to impact the people that they interact with. We have to do better as a society, and we have got to figure this out. And just uh, as a little bright spot, there are programs out there, um, not just mental health specific programs, but programs for youth that give them self-esteem and a safe place to go and uh, give them hope and career mindsets and resume skills. And just they're out there and we've seen them and we've also supported them. So. Um, but yes, there's so much more to do. I love that. And, you know, and, and we have to start somewhere. And, and the fact that there's anything out there is fantastic. The problem is there's just not enough. Sure. And, and especially in um, communities that uh, are different socioeconomic um, diversity, it can be a lot more, those resources can be a lot more scarce. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, okay, so what other things about United Way would you like us to know before we move on to the five burning questions? Um, I would just say if you're looking for a way to make a difference on a lot of different levels, United Way is a great way to go. Um, and if your workplace does do a United Way campaign and you've just sort of, um, I don't know, kept it under the wire, pay attention. It's it's good information. It's great stuff. You'll learn a lot about your community. If you're inspired to give, fantastic. We do not do arm twisting. Um, but really, we just are out to educate the community about issues and solutions and then offer them a way to be part of those solutions. And so our whole motto is live united and um, it feels good when you do. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, I, I was told you I was, we we're going to move into the five burning questions, but I lied. Um, so, <laughs> so I have a question for you, um, actually, with your marketing hat. So now you can put your marketing hat back on. So if anyone out there is trying to promote a cause, a nonprofit, a business, whatever it is, what is the best thing they can do to consistently build a message and a brand and create awareness? Mm. Yeah, you, you said it consistent. Uh, you have to be consistent. You have to have a consistent voice. You have to have a consistent look. 
I'm not to say that you can't rebrand from time to time. Of course you can, but once you do, everything has to be consistent. If you pull together your social media posts and your uh, brochures or whatever mm -hmm. sort of printed materials you may have, plus your ads, plus your videos, someone looking at all of that collateral needs to go, oh yeah, instantly. I know where that's from. That's all from the same place. And um, consistency also with getting that message out. So it's great. You can create all of this stuff, but if you're not constantly pushing it out there, um, people just aren't, aren't going to be aware and aren't going to see. So consistency is the key. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing I like to tell people is just, just start. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to start because in the beginning, no one's going to see your stuff anyway. That's why I'm like, um, if you people ask, and ask me about video, I'm like, oh, just do it. No one's going to watch it in the beginning anyway. And it gives you a chance to get better at it. But you have to just start and you have to be consistent and you have to keep going. But I love that um, point about making sure that your brand shows through in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important. Okay. So now I'm done lying and we are on to the five burning question. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Everyone gets this one right off the bat. So what is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? Um, I have so many favorite foods in the world, but really I could subsist on fish tacos forever. Mm. Um, and yes, I do make a mean uh, Mexican meal. So, so what kind of fish do we use in the fish tacos? Oh, I'll use, I'll use cod. I'll use salmon. I'll use whatever's in the fridge. I don't discriminate. Okay. Shrimp. No fish. I'll use shrimp. Oh, I love shrimp tacos. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So what is the one character trait that you most admire in other people and why? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I admire so many qualities in people, um, kindness being one of them, but resilience is a, is a character trait and a concept in general that fascinates me. People who just keep getting back up when they have been faced with all of these situations in life and they just keep going. I don't know if you listen to Sharon Tiger's podcast, Let's Not Talk About It. Yes. That podcast is riveting. And to hear stories of people who have been through the things that they've been through, and I see it every day in this work, and they're they're not just surviving, they're shining. Like that that to me is incredible. Those people are top on my list for admiration. I love it. Okay, so now I'm going to flip the mirror on you. What is the character trait in yourself that you are most proud of and why? <laughs> I I will say I'm uh, I have a sense of humor, at least I think so, and I uh, I got to keep it. It's just so important to laugh and that's uh that's my that's my quality that I will pull out first. I love it. Well, Sharon appreciated the shout out for her podcast. So um, we all, um, uh, Sharon does amazing work. So I'm, I'm so glad that she could be on here. Okay. Um, all right. We already talked about, you know, well, you know what? I'm going to ask you one more, one more time anyway. What's the one thing that you would like our audience to know about United Way and why? Um, you know, I think, I think we kind of covered that for me. It's, it's okay. being able to say yes to giving to all of the agencies at once. But if I could bring up one thing that I just wanted people to know in general about giving and philanthropy is, and people sometimes get really hung up on overhead or administrative percentage. And I just want to say that we can let that go. You know, there's overhead is just the cost of doing business. You would never go into Costco and be like, guys, what's your overhead? I can't buy this product until I right. find out exactly what your admin percentage is. You know, it's just, it exists. 
And um, if you focus on it and try to keep it real low, you keep nonprofits from being successful at their work. You keep them from hiring staff. You keep them from retaining staff. You keep them from expanding programming. You keep them using outdated, horrible computer equipment in crappy offices. Like overhead is important because that's what allows these services and programs to exist. So that would just be my one totally kind of unrelated to United Way, but um, holding up the flag for the nonprofit industry. Like we, we need money to do our work and some of it's going to go to the cost of keeping the lights on. I actually love that you brought that up because it is it is very important. Um, even in our industry, um, there's a big push for transparency. How much how much do I make? How much do I charge? And I'm like, well, I've always told people how much I charge because I have to charge this much if I want to give you the services that you want. If you just want a policy, you probably need to go buy that from somebody else. Mm -hmm. But this is part of the package of services that allows you to say, oh, we're so proud of the benefit package that we offer because it includes all these extras. So I think that was a really important point and thank you so much for bringing it up. Yeah. Okay, so what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you? Oh, um, Secrets. Um, well, I will say that during lockdown, I went through a phase where I decided I was going to write a country song. And then I wrote <laughs> seven country songs in, in a week. And then I was like, well, okay, did that. Um, so, and what did you do with those country songs? I mean, they're just in a Google document and somewhere in my head that nothing, I, I, I'm not planning on performing them, but uh, they're there. They're there. Well, that's awesome. I love that. That is something I'm definitely surprised to learn about you. <laughs> Okay, last question. So who's the one person, famous or otherwise, that you would most like to meet in real life, sit down, have a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, etc., and, you know, discuss life with? There are a lot of those people, but I will be honest, I have multiple recurring dreams about meeting Tina Fey. And so I'm going to go with Tina. In the dreams, it never goes well. There's always... <laughs> Some way that I do it up. Uh, I don't actually uh, connect with her or I do something stupid. Um, so I would like to meet Tina in real life. Tina, you're out there. I love that. I just think you and Tina would have a blast. Plus, um, Sharon has now volunteered to sing your songs. <laughs> Sharon, we're doing it. You know she's she's got an amazing voice, so we have got uh, to make this happen. Okay. Uh, country it. collab between Sharon and Christy. So... Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. It took us a long time to get this on the books. And I'm so, I mean, just so honored that you made the time for, for me and for our audience this morning. It's always a pleasure. And I, I know I'm personally excited to think about more ways that we can leverage some of the nonprofits such as United Way in conjunction with some of the things that we're trying to do in, in the benefits industry as well. So I think it's, um, I think it was a, a great use of our time. So thank you again, Christy. Oh, thank you, Nancy. It was so fun to see you and um, have some little friendship blasts from the past there. And um, I just really admire all the work that you do uh, online. You're prolific and hilarious. And uh, I, I try to keep my eye on your, on your content. You never know what's coming. Um, one last thing. So what's the best way for anybody if they say, oh, you know what, that's, I didn't really understand United Way before. I'd like to, I'd like to donate. I'd like to know more. What's the best way for people to find out? 
Yeah, so if you just search United Way in your county or United Way in your city, you'll come up with the United Way that works in your region. And um, typically there's a contact person on there or a community outreach person, um, or you can just send an email to their inbox. We're always happy to talk about anything nonprofit. And even if your, your cause is something that we're not focused on, we probably know where to send you. So um, Perfect. United Ways have their finger on the pulse, so to speak. So if you just reach out to them, they'll help you out. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Christy. And um, I hope everyone has a great day and tune in again next week. Thanks, Nancy.